Welcome in to the Locked On Knicks podcast, Gavin Shaw, Alex Wolf. Alex, it was looking for a second there, like we were going to have another heartbreaker after back-to-back losses to the Nets and Sixers. Reggie Bullock said, no more, a game-saving steal to secure a 94-93 to victory over the Orlando Magic. Yeah, how fitting on a day that the, the Justice League full cut came out, Reggie Bullock put on his Superman cape at the end and pulled the Knicks to victory after, I mean, maybe you could argue that he almost cost them the game one possession prior, but all's forgiven. He made the play of the game, got the Knicks the win. Frank Nilakina started at point guard again in the absence of Emmanuel Quickly, who was out with a sprained ankle. He had a fantastic game, finally got back to scoring the ball. Julius Randle had a triple-double with 17 assists. That's a new career high. R.J. Barrett had a great game. There's so much to talk about. We are super excited to get into it next on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. Here he comes right now. Starts with a five. Ewing for the win. Yes. Up, left. Now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. You're locked on Knicks. Today's episode is brought to you by Nicolob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. It might be someone who had a birthday this week. That's the only spoiler I will give. And I am Gavin Shaw, a play-by-play broadcaster in non-pandemic times during our ongoing shared apocalypse. I am a meager podcast host, but I'm joined by someone with much better credentials, Alex Wolf, the editor-in-chief of the best Knicks website in the whole wide world, the Strickland Alex, we got another heart stopper, our third consecutive game that went down to the wire for a second there. It looked like I was going to be banging my head against the wall for the third night this week, but I didn't have to do that. And boy, was I relieved. <laughs> the Knicks pulled out a 94-93 to win over the Orlando Magic, uh, thanks in part to some late game heroics from Reggie Bullock, who I know you noted in the intro, he was the guy who gave it up to Orlando, but then he got it back, deflecting an Evan Fournier pass that was intended for Nikola Vucevic, throwing it ahead to Alec Burks, who ran out the clock to win this one. Um, and it was it was a classic Knicks-Magic game this year in that it was really, really ugly. And they, they played twice in both games, weren't particularly aesthetically pleasing. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, they, they've gone one and one against each other this season, despite the fact that Orlando... Um, I think the stat for Mike Breen was it was either seven or nine of their players have missed at least 14 games this season. But tonight it it was kind of a level playing field because the Knicks were similarly depleted down essentially their whole regular point guard rotation. No Alfred Payton, no Derrick Rose, no Frank Nilakina, or excuse me, no Emmanuel Quickly. Um, But uh, Frankie Smokes, I know you hate that nickname, came up big. 13 points, 27 minutes after a down first half. Alec Burks was a monster in this one, 21 and 10, a number of big shots down the stretch. 
We already mentioned uh, Bullock's heroics defensively. Offensively, he was spectacular. 6 of 13 from 3, 20 points on 16 shots. Julius Randle, as you noted, a career-high 17 assists. R.J. Barrett, his usual solid self, 17 points, 9 boards, 42 minutes, an absolute Iron Man. And just because the Nick, the rest of the Knicks essentially did nothing, they needed every single one of those points, Alex. And what was a really back-and-forth game, it looked like Orlando was maybe had a chance to pull away. They were up five fairly late in the fourth quarter. Uh, Vucevic missed a straight-on three that just went in and out that, if I'm remembering correctly, would have extended the lead all the way out to eight. And, and then from there, it was all Knicks. They had something like a 14-2 to two run. Evan Fournier hit that three late to give Orlando a chance, but ultimately it was Bullock closing it out. So that was a, it was a very circular recap of this game, Alex. Let's dive into the specifics. Where do you want to start? I mean, I think you got to start with Reggie Bullock, right? Like uh, Sutton tells me this whole first segment leading into our first break will probably be about him. And rightfully so. I mean, he was, again, you mentioned the stats, 20 points, 7 to 16 shooting, 6 to 13 from three. Three rebounds, three assists, three steals. I mean, his defense was just great, like all game. Between him and Frank, I mean, two of the two of the more impressive defensive performances this year, I think, uh, on the on the whole Knicks team, you know, across any game period. I, I think this was two of the best defensive performances. You know, Frank had a number of times where he locked guys up one on one. Most noble one to me was uh, he got Aaron Gordon isolated on him and and Gordon thought like, oh, well, Frank's a guard. You know, I'll just back him down or, you know, kind of face him up and just power him into the post and he won't be able to do anything. And Frank held up so great against him, played great defense there. And then Bullock with that final play of the game, I mean, just smothered Evan Fournier and just like perfectly timed the steal that ultimately won the game. You know, he went for the pass and, Bullock, like, it didn't seem like he was just flailing, but, I mean, he got his arm way extended to just get a fingertip on it where he, right where he needed to get it on the ball, and he got it and then had the wherewithal, too, to gather the ball, push it forward to Alec Burks, and, you know, Burks then was able to just basically outrun Vucevic, and I think they caught up enough with Burks with about, like, 0.5 seconds left, but they ultimately decided, eh, let's not extend this any further. You know, I, I think we're done here and sent the game home. So, yeah, I just for that one play alone, I, I think that he deserves the the full credit. But, I mean, he was also just cooking in this game. You know, he was, he was scoring in a variety of different ways. He was also distributing. I mean, those three assists, there was some pretty good looks in there. And, you know, it's funny to say this, but he was second on the team in assists with three assists behind, you know, Julius Randle was 17, who had, I think, uh, almost a dozen more assists than the rest of the team combined. Uh, he had 10 assists more than the rest of the team combined, just for reference there. But, I mean, Bullock was moving the ball well. There was a really cool sequence between him and Burks where they were just, like, trading sharpshooting duties for a minute, um, where Burks got the ball off an offensive rebound, I think from a, from a Frank miss, if I'm not mistaken, and ran the ball out to the corner and almost looked like he was ready to just pop and shoot a three there, but had a defender closing in just enough that he said, eh, let's make a business decision, kicked it up to um, Reggie Bullock just above the break. And Reggie took the three from there and splashed it. And so that's three points for the Knicks. Then the very next possession, Reggie gets a similar situation. Uh, Randall kicked it out to him, I think, or someone kicked it to him on the perimeter. And Reggie 
sees a defender coming in on him. So he sort of faked the three a little bit and then went to drive in and very smartly didn't make, didn't make that second pass right away. Like actually had the wherewithal, put the ball on the floor, you know, even though he's not a strong dribbler by any means took like two dribbles just to get into the paint so that Burks's defender had to kind of shade over to him to make sure that he couldn't go up for a, a little lefty layup there and then kicked it to Burks in the corner. Burks hits the three. Really nice little symbiosis between those two. Um, there were so many other good plays for him. I mean, the, the defense was the calling card in this game for him, and not just for that final play. I, I struggle to recall any specific sequences, Gavin. Maybe you have one in your memory banks other than the, the final one, but I do just remember thinking throughout the whole game, you know, Bullock and, and Frank specifically really brought it on D in this game. Like, they, they both, they influenced the overall outcome of this game pretty heavily. And, and you know, you could especially see it with Bullock and then Randall was their engine all night on offense, as evidenced by the 17 assists. The fact that, you know, in a game where the Knicks only won by one, Randall was a plus nine and Reggie Bullock was a plus 16, it really rung true in this game because they, they were huge difference makers in this one. Yeah, and Alex, for that reason, I think you could make a pretty compelling case for Reggie Bullock as our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Uh, I'm going to get into that in just a sec, but first, I want to talk a little bit about his chemistry with Julius Randle. I thought, I I mean, it it continues to just be spectacular. A friend of the pod, Tom Piccolo, host of uh, Talking Knicks, uh, he tweeted out a stat that Reggie on the season, shooting over 40% from three, on passes, or rather on, um, on yeah, passes from Julius Randle, or rather shots taken off of passes from Julius Randle, 34% off shots taken from passes from anyone else. So it gives you an idea of like the chemistry those two are developing. And and, and why Randle is such a good hub of an offense, and, and Tibbs is doing a, a lot of stuff that you saw Miami do with Bam Adebayo last year and this year, and, and making Randle, I mean, not just a guy that can operate as a point forward, but just also like this dribble handoff centrifuge for lack of a better term. Like he's almost, he's almost like the sun to, to the rest of the Knicks solar system. And everyone is also just like orbiting around him, like, like taking screens, taking handoffs, waiting in the corners for him to throw out a pass. There was a great sequence where he had three straight to RJ and then he had three straight to Bullock and Bullock pulled off like a personal 8-0 run, hit a long two, hit a straight on three, a couple feet beyond the line and then hit one winding around the right wing. Anyways, you you would think I'd be making a case for Julius Randle, but it's Reggie Bullock's birthday this week. The tie goes to the birthday boy. So I'm making Reggie Bullock my ultra player of the week. And remember with Michelob Ultra, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. Joy, happiness, enjoyment, those are all words I feel in my heart, Alex, when I get to watch Reggie Bullock shoot the basketball. And it, it wasn't just this one game, though, obviously, that this game he essentially won on his own. A lot of people forget, but against the Nets, that, that game that turned out to be so spectacular down the stretch, it wouldn't have been close if Reggie hadn't hit five threes in the first half, finished that game with 19 points and six boards and played some fabulous perimeter defense down the stretch, helping to force a number of turnovers and give the Knicks a realistic chance to win that one. And then against the Sixers, it was his birthday, and he didn't disappoint. Four for seven from the field, three for five from three for 12 points, five boards, and then we already told you tonight, 23 and three, and also three steals. Uh, And that's why Reggie Bullock is our ultra player of the week. The question always is, are you happy because you win, or do you win 
because you're happy. Tonight, Reggie Bullock won, and he was happy. And then if you're – we're talking about the past when we talk about our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. If you think you're someone who can prognosticate the future, maybe BetOnline is the site for you. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, heating up quick with March Madness. They have all kinds of March Madness bets and props. You're going to want to jump on that ASAP, and the NHL are on full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's absolutely free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using our promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, and now we're back. But... Just a reminder, betting on the Knicks doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. And of course, going to be plenty of action over the next couple of days because of March Madness. So definitely check that out because uh, that's that's going to be a big deal. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag wherever you get podcasts. And I also feel I should mention, again, today is not just the first like real day of the NCAA tournament. It is also the return of Locked on Knicks Fan Friday. So we are going to be hosting that today at 5.30 p.m. on Locker Room. Uh, and Locker Room is a new app that you can get on iOS. It's like where you can uh, speak with us. We'll, basically, we're going to host a room. We'll be talking about stuff. And then we'll call people up to speak. You guys can ask us questions. Uh, you can just, you know, pick our brains about stuff, whatever you want to do. If you just want to spout off about something, feel free. Talk about why you're a Knicks fan, whatever. It's going to be totally fun, uh, very loose. We're going to do it for like probably about 30 to 45 minutes at 5.30 p.m. today. So definitely check out the Locker Room app. And once you get the app, you can check the schedule and you'll be able to find our link on there. Mine and Gavin's profiles were at Alex Wolf and at Gavin Shaw on Locker Room. So definitely check us out there. It'll also go live. Uh, I'll send out like a tweet on my Twitter when it goes live to join the room as well, if you guys want. So definitely come for Fan Fridays later today. Gavin, though, I, you know, I've gone long enough with all this advertising stuff. We need to talk about Julius Randle, who is the real story of this game. We've already said it like three times. You know, I, I noted a, a minute ago he had uh, ten more assists than the rest of the players on the Knicks combined. Uh, he had seventeen. The rest of the team had seven. He finishes with actually a pretty modest scoring day for him uh, and a modest rebounding day, but still his third triple double of the season. He becomes, uh, I think it was just the sixth Nick to have three triple doubles in a season. And the first since I'm pretty sure is Michael Ray Richardson, which is way back in like the early eighties. So very impressive there. As far as that's concerned, uh, finishes with 18 points, 10 rebounds, 17 assists, eight of 20 shooting actually didn't have the long range going today. It was only one of five from three and seemed to be struggling a bit with Ken Birch's particular brand of defense, which some might call, a little foully depending on what ref is calling the game. But 
at least as far as Ken Birch on Julius Randle, they were just letting him play. Um, but yeah, at any rate, it was uh, it was a really good game for Julius. He he came out immediately and was distributing the ball like without eh, whatever. Say whatever you want about Frank, you know. But I'm gonna say without a like true, true, you know, surefire, true blue point guard out there, Randall clearly was tasked with like you're gonna be setting things up today, uh, and you're gonna be getting everybody the ball in their right spots and everything else. And I mean, he was just slinging it to everybody. He, it, RJ was making fantastic cuts that Randall was finding him on. Um, he found Frank for a couple buckets. He found Burks for a couple buckets. He found Bullock, as we already mentioned, for a couple buckets. You know, he just he got it to everybody. Everybody that was making shots today was because, by and large, Julius Randle was finding them. And he was doing it by driving in, making the right decision on when to kick the ball out. And just the Knicks basically almost ran a, a four out at times today where it was it, because they had Taj Gibson out there for large parts of the game as well, rather than Nerland's Noel. So they had a, a lot of situations where Randle was almost playing like like a James Harden role to a degree where he was driving in and then just sort of finding the most open guy on the perimeter who then would either just shoot it or would potentially make a second pass, sometimes even a third pass, fourth pass, whatever, to find someone else on the perimeter and take a three. And, you know, that's why the Knicks wound up getting up 34 three-point attempts in this game. So, yeah, Gavin, I I don't know what else you got to add on that, but I thought it was a fantastic game for Julius. You know, it, the counting stats say so, but even if we were just taking into account quality over quantity, I think this was definitely his best playmaking game of the season by a pretty wide margin. All right, so I'll throw a stat at you. Julius Randle this season, this courtesy of StatMuse at StatMuse on Twitter. He's currently averaging 22.9 points per game, 11.1 rebounds, 6 assists, 47.5% from the field, and an insane 40.8% um, from three point range. Um, only one player has ever finished a season averaging 20, 10, and five on 40% from three. Uh, Alex, can you guess who that guy is? I was, I'm thinking it would be Jokic. Uh, well, Jokic is on track to do it this year, but it's, it's Larry Bird all the way back mm. in 1984, 85, Julius Randle, Nikola Jokic, on pace to to join him, just insane, insane statistical company. And I know, I know it's a big thing on NBA Nerd Twitter to just throw out like a random conglomeration of stats and say, oh, look, this guy, by, by this metric, Thanasis Antetokounmpo is actually better than Michael Jordan. Um, so you, you, you can do that. But in this case, it's fairly representative because it's essentially, it's all the things you want to do most on the court. You want to score, you want to rebound, you want to pick up assists, and you want to, in the modern game, you want to be very efficient. Um, Julius Randle is hitting all those marks in a big, big way. And in, in some ways, I don't know what it was about this game, but this this just felt like this felt like another level for Julius Randle. I know I know he's had a number of just insane outings, like most recently against the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and you still want to see again, you you want to see as often as possible. Can he do it against teams like the Bucks? And I, I don't want to look at that one Bucks game he had recently and say, I mean, that's small sample size theater because he's had plenty of incredible games against plenty of the best teams in the NBA this year. But this game against the Magic. Um, we've, we've made the baby LeBron comparison before. Tonight, it just sort of felt like LeBron. Like the way the way he was manipulating and picking apart the defense and doing it over and over and over again. It, it felt like he was dictating every single aspect 
of this game and, and kind of just making things happen towards his will. For all of our for all of our WandaVision fans out there, Alex, and I'm sure you, have you finished it? I don't I don't want to spoil mm-hmm. you. I'm okay spoiling mm-hmm. anyone else. Yeah, I'm. I, I finished. So yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> You're like, oh, where's this? Where's this analogy gone? Uh, anyways, like when, when when she like stops the Tony Stark bomb, they like oh, uh, Agnes Rep calls it like probability magic or something. That's that's kind of what I feel like Julius Randall is doing on the basketball court right now. He's like bending the world to his favor, and he's he, he's just he's creating things out of thin air that aren't there. And, and the fact of the matter is, to your point, the Knicks desperately needed that tonight because Sands Derek Rose. Sands Emmanuel quickly. Sands is, is, is often as I get frustrated with him, Alfred Payton. There just was not a lot of individual shot creation on the floor. I mean, credit Burks, credit Barrett for making stuff happen. But like Frank Milikina scored, what was it, 13, 14 points in this game? He scored 13. Um, the, Julius Randle essentially scored 13 points in this game. I know Frank had like the nice crossover and like the near dunk. But outside of that, it was essentially all Randle. Reggie Bullock got 20 in this game. Essentially all Randle. Um, he he dictated every single thing that happened in this one. And it was just, it was an incredible effort to watch and, and just to see the sheer variety with which he orchestrated his will over this game. Well, you know, it's funny you bring up sheer variety, Gavin, because if you're shopping for auto parts, you really want a big variety of parts, do you not? And just like Julius Randle's bag full of tricks, rockauto.com has you covered for a big bag of auto parts, so to speak. I don't think they actually keep them in a bag. I think they keep them in a big warehouse. And that's the thing. Rock Auto has big warehouses full of car parts for your car or truck that those little tiny box, you know, the the I'll call them small box stores, the, the little brick and mortar auto part locations. They don't have a big warehouse right there. You can literally see like it's just a little tiny store. Rockauto.com has a big, huge warehouse full of all the parts that your car or truck needs, and you can order them directly to your door with none of that wait time that you get where you have to drive back to the auto parts store to pick your part up, uh, and you, certainly not with the cost that comes associated with those big uh, auto part chain stores. RockAuto.com always gives you the lowest possible price, the best bang for your buck on any auto parts, and it's... It, Honestly, one of the easiest sites I've ever navigated. It's very bread and butter, get you in, get you out, get you the auto part that you need. You're greeted by this list of all the different makes of car. Click on your make, click on the gear, click on your model, then the trim package, and then you're just greeted with all the parts for your car that are available, sorted into easy to go through categories. And it's really a joy to shop through. And it's really a joy on your wallet that they charge you so much less than those those brick and mortar auto parts stores that charge you a higher rate than they charge mechanics. So if you're interested in checking out some of the parts that come for your part car or truck from rockauto.com, uh, head there now. Rockauto.com is the URL. And if you decide to pick up a part, right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. And of course, I already mentioned today, it's not just the return of Fan Friday. Today is the return, the glorious return of, well, okay, technically, as we're recording this, there's some first four games going on. But you know what I mean. Today is the glorious return of March Madness, which we've all been waiting for. And it's also the return of Built Bar Madness. And, you know, we've been telling you about Built Bars. 
the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, fantastic tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all their bars. And now it is time to figure out which Built Bar is the best because it is Built Bar Madness. All, almost all my favorites have been winning so far. So if I was making like a bracket challenge for Built Bar, I would be in the lead big time right now. Cookies and Cream is advanced. Coconut Almond has advanced. Except now they have to face each other in the enticing eight, which is a little concerning for me. Coconut Puff just advanced. So maybe you guys listened to me, got that over peanut butter. If you did, good work. That's it. Our work is not done, though. We have things to do. Today's matchup, if you're listening on Friday, more than likely, is Caramel Brownie versus Double Chocolate. Somehow Double Chocolate is the higher seed here. I'm sorry, if you add caramel to your chocolate, instantly better. Built Bars also have that great caramel-like texture where it's just like a little chewy and kind of melts in your mouth a little bit. Delicious. Caramel Brownie definitely deserves the win over Double Chocolate. So let's make that happen today. And we got lots of other good matchups coming up as well. So keep your ear out. We're going to keep informing you on that so that you know which ones to vote for. Uh, but if you want to vote on Built Bar Madness, go to BuiltBar.com or go to at bar underscore built on Twitter. That's where you can find the day's matchups, place your votes, and help the best bars win. Of course, meaning the bars that I'm telling you are the best. I've eaten them all. I'm an expert at this stuff. I definitely know what I'm talking. I'm a, I'm a Built Bar bracketologist. So remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 as well at BuiltBar.com. You will get 15% off your next order. We almost have the whole enticing eight set at this point. So early next week, once that's all set, maybe you order a variety box that has the entire enticing eight in it. I could personally endorse all the flavors that are probably going to be in there because they're all delicious. But basically all the flavors are delicious. I don't know. I have very few that I'm not fond of. So again, go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Be sure to check back to see who won today's matchup and keep voting on those Built Bar Madness matchups. All right, guys, we'll be back. Third and final segment in just a sec. But first, get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. And there's no better time to tune in with March Madness kicking off. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness Four days a week from Credential Draft Experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. All right, Alex, let's get back into it. Third and final segment, and there's no better place to start. And then with Frank Nilla Kina, 13 points coming into this one, hadn't made a shot in four games, extended his uh, hitless streak, shot makeless streak to 16 in the first half. It was really brutal. He, he short armed a free throw, an area where, as we, we noted often, he was he was close to 90% a year ago. And and, and this year, it's like during this this phase where, where it seems like he's he's regressed to like maybe not even rookie year, Frank. It might, it might have been like you're a teenager, Frank. Um, he is just not looked good over the last few. And then it, it all changed thanks to the guy I was just talking about, Julius Randle, who got him two open threes to open the third. And, and Frank had a couple of semi-open ones in the first half. Um, but nothing like what he got off of Randall's um, just, I mean, just high level shot creation. He had one like where he just like back cut a guy 
who was turned around against him. And, and that that's what, like when I talk about Julius Randle's gravity, that's what I mean. Like the dude was not even looking at Frank. And granted, when the guy you're guarding has missed 16 shots in a row, you're more prone to doing just that. But it was it was absolutely it, it it was it was a sight to behold. Once Frank made the two in a row, felt like he got a little confidence, and then all of a sudden he's feeling himself a little bit, and he has this nasty crossover at midcourt, um, completely dusts Chason Randall, tries to yam on the Kolovusevic, who who kind of just gets a piece of it. The ball trickles in for an and one. Taj Gibson is holding him. Frank is just like staring blankly at the camera, like the serial killer we all want him to develop into on the court. And it was it was just a great moment. And then makes another big three down the stretch in the midst of that. I, I think it, it was initially like a 12-2 to two run, I want to say, to give the Knicks um, their, their first lead in a while in the fourth quarter, 88-87, um, essentially sealing the game. There were a whole bunch of great defensive plays in between, Alex. So where do you want to start on Frank? Oh, man. I First... <laughs> Gotta just shout out that moment again where he mean mugged the camera. That was just like, it was badass, man. Like I saw immediately, uh, Desus of Desus and Miro puts out a, a meme of that where it's just that image of just parental advisory in the corner. Like he knew what he was doing. He was, he, you know, he went in there. He was feeling himself after that play, and he like he knew the camera was right there and he stared that shit down. He wanted to stare into the souls of every person watching yeah. uh, that broadcast. And that like immediately like resonated <laughs> the second that I saw that I was like, Oh my God, that was badass." Um, So there was that the defensive sequence earlier that I highlighted, like was probably my favorite of the game for him though. He, he played, I mean, there was a noticeable difference when he was on the floor Um as to how the team defense was working, particularly with him and Bullock. I mean, they, they were legitimate perimeter stoppers in this game. And together they were, you know, they made the defense like they were essentially walling off the paint so that nobody could really get in there. Like they were just that good at keeping people stranded on the outside. Um, but the, my favorite play, which I'll highlight again, was the, uh, the play where he gets switched on to Aaron Gordon and Gordon was like, you know, up at the, up in the corner, like just above the break on the three-point line. And he starts looking at Frank like, okay, all right, I got the matchup I want. So he thought, I don't know what in his right mind he was thinking, thinking that was the matchup to get. But starts like kind of trying to, you know, cross him up a little bit, throws body into him. And like Frank did give some, like, you know, Gordon, I think probably even with Frank's murky height where maybe he's 6'5", maybe he's 6'7", whatever, Gordon probably still has at least two inches on him and probably like 40, 50 pounds. I mean, Gordon's a big, big guy. And so he starts kind of throwing his weight into him a little bit. And, you know, Frank gave way a little bit there, but then Gordon just made one last move and tried to sort of, you know, create the space that he needed to get off a little jumper uh, after not being able to bully his way all the way to the hoop. And Frank just seamlessly like took the contact and then immediately leaned in, used that seven foot two or whatever it is now wingspan to get in his face and defended the shot beautifully. I, I think that Gordon got air on that shot. It was ugly. Like he, he had to adjust so much that I don't even think he caught rim backboard anything. And uh, the Knicks got a, another possession out of it. So uh, just a great defensive sequence from Frank and all in all, he's just, he was tight on his rotations all night. Um, you know, there's some games, even dating back to last season and stuff, where, you know, Frank sometimes has those moments where you go, all right, he doesn't seem 
quite himself on defense even. And, you know, maybe with like with all players, it kind of ebbs and flows with how his offense goes to some degree, though Frank doesn't usually let that get to him. He usually still continues playing good basketball all around the court, no matter what his offense is doing. But I mean, especially after he started hitting a couple shots, he was just so locked in. It was it was a beautiful sight to behold as far as he was concerned. Uh, I could go on all day about Frank and especially when he's being confident, but that wouldn't be fair to Alec Burks and RJ Barrett, who also had fantastic games. I mean, this was definitely like shouts to Taj Gibson for just going in there and, and doing the dirty work for 31 minutes. But, you know, he didn't have too much, too much in the way of like standout plays in this game. Uh, but it was essentially a, a five man game of Randall, Nilakina, Burks, Barrett, and Bullock. Uh, Burks played 33 minutes, scored 21 points, which was actually the team high. Very team centric, also sort of 90s esque uh, brand of ball by the final score in this game. But I mean, I thought that Burks was great. This was this was good Burks in this game. You know, he was he was hustling all over the place. I thought he was playing pretty admirable defense. But obviously the scoring was the selling point. You know, he was uh, part of it was just that he was cooking. But the other part is that I think his shot selection was smarter than it's been at times this season where even last game, he had a, a somewhat decent game, if I remember correctly. But, you know, still just kind of was taking some shots that made you really scratch your head. This game had less of those. He had a, a really beautiful like I, I think on on Twitter on the Strickland account, I called it Kobe-esque uh, little turn around fade away from, you know, just a sort of, I guess roughly the distance of the free throw line, but he was a little more towards the, the sideline and uh, just a gorgeous shot that he took there that just went in without touching anything. A um, couple other shots akin to that made some threes, shot three of six um, as good as, you know, Bullock was, I think the Burks was just as dependable from three in this game. Uh, he was just smart about only taking the good looks rather than forcing things. And that sort of plays to RJ as well. You know, RJ only had one assist, uh, which was actually a really nice one to Frank, where Randall kicked it out. It was kind of similar to the the Burks and Bullock connections that I mentioned earlier, where Randall kicked it out to RJ, who could have potentially taken a three, because he had a pretty good look just above the break, you know, whatever. And But he did have a defender somewhat closing on him. And instead, he just decided, no, you know, he sort of pumped. It almost had the beginnings of a pump fake to keep the defender coming towards him and then kicked it over to Frank in the corner. And that was one of Frank's makes. And, you know, again, one of those things that got him going off of some Randall creation to RJ, who then created over to Frank. And uh, I thought that was a great moment for him. He also just had, I mean, I feel like we're almost like beating a dead horse at this point with the stuff that RJ does well every single game. But you know, just his his special brand of like slow plotting ability to get to the rim where he just sort of like uses timing and like short bursts and, you know, slowing himself down, speeding back up again to just sort of get himself in close to the hoop and then just fin- it converts what's ultimately a pretty easy layup. And he was cutting beautifully in this game, particularly early in the game. That was the bread and butter of what led to Randall having uh, seven assists after just the first quarter was he hit RJ on, I think, like three cuts just in the first quarter alone. They were just gorgeous where, you know, sort of RJ sort of ran himself around Randall uh, and used Randall as a screener who was up like just above the free throw line. And then, you know, Randall just would kind of skip a pass into him and RJ would just waltz right in and finish an easy layup. 
um, which the Knicks also finished their easy layups in this game too, which was key because obviously, you know, came down to a one-point game thanks to like Evan Fournier and stuff in this game. So, Gavin, I'll throw it to you with Burks and RJ to sort of close the show here. I, I think that's a pretty good note to push us towards the end on. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a lot to add except for, I mean, Burks, we gave, we gave, or rather, uh, NYK, Terry gave the uh, 71% superstar a tag to. He was like 85% of a superstar tonight. He, he was, I mean, the, the shot making was just highly, highly impressive. I mean, we, we didn't even get too in depth on it, but the shot to essentially win the game, uh, obviously he didn't, he didn't end up getting the and one because he, he missed the free throw, but the little like reverse spin at the top of the key to get into the lane. And that's why that's why you even throw out like like the flashes of stardom from him. It's because he is such a complete scoring package. Um, and then and then RJ, yeah, man, Mister Consistent. Like I I love I'm loving getting this kind of RJ every single night. And again, the chemistry between him and and Randall and and the work RJ is doing, cutting off the ball, something that was a big element of his game in year one, and has gone away to a large extent in year two. I think mostly because of lack of spacing on the court. And when Elf is out there, it, it, it's hard to cut when there's a defender who can just sit in the lane and, and just kind of scope out, oh man, wait, wait, that dude's coming in. I got to guard him. And not have to worry about Julius making the skip pass over to Alfred Payton. It just says, all right, you can, you're, you're welcome to shoot that Mr. 17% from three. Um, so with Elf out, they're able to take advantage of that extra spacing and, and RJ, uh, a number of cuts to the basket, leveraging all the attention that's played to Randall. Um, to have a to have another really efficient night, you love to see it. You love to see those two work together, and I think that is a beautiful note to end on the harmony between Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. So until yeah. next time, oh, and just right. remember before we sign off, Gavin, everybody, Fan Friday is today. Remember I was going to say that. Yeah, I was going to. Oh, you were? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, good. Yeah, I just want to make sure. I want to make sure. I was. I'm very passionate about this. So download Locker Room. And add at Alex Wolf, and here I'll throw it to you, Gavin, so you can finish it off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at Gavin Shaw. Um, I don't really. I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw it back to you because I don't. I don't really know the rest. I haven't studied the locker room uh, procedures as much as you have. Well, at any rate, just log on at 5:30. We're gonna. Uh, we're gonna open up a room, and you can join into the room and uh, talk Knicks with us. Whatever you want, bring whatever topics you want to talk about from this past week. Uh, ask us some preemptive trade deadline stuff, whatever you're thinking. Uh, we'll be on the locker room app again, 5.30 p.m. That's, of course, Eastern time. Uh, we're, we're based in the Eastern time zone, so adjust accordingly. If you're elsewhere in the world, uh, if you're if you're a European uh, locked on Knicks fan, probably around midnight for you. Um, and so we'll be talking, taking questions live from you guys and uh it's going to turn into a podcast which we're going to air on saturday so you'll get to hear yourself on locked on nicks if you come into our our fan friday uh locker room room so again just download locker room on your ios device we'll see you there tonight at 5 30 but this has been locked on nicks we will talk to you guys i don't know probably in a number of hours from after you listen to this so peace out peace out